Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Randy. And I'm Jamie. So today's a big day. Yay. Yesterday it's, was a big day. Well, yesterday <laughs> was a big day. Today is a big day. They're all big days, but Te- Hillary... Technically, Monday night, according to the AP, yes. it was a big day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or whenever that one person finally decided. But yes, Hillary is officially the presumptive nominee. Mm-hmm. She'll be the official nom- nominee in Pennsylvania at the end of July. But she is the official presumptive nominee. Woohoo! Breaking that glass ceiling that she put yes. 18 million cracks in in 2008. Yep. And officially breaking it this year, which is fabulous. Yay! Yes. It was she, she crossed over the majority of, uh, what are they, dedicated delegates? Pledged. Pledged, pledged delegates. delegates. Yes. She did that this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, California. Or, or last Late night. Late last yeah. night. Depending on which time zone you were in. So, so <laughs> the AP said she's got enough pledged and super delegates. And then after last night... Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got enough actual pledge delegates for a majority, so it's mm-hmm. it's pretty much official. Yeah. Yes. So did they actually call California? Because yes. okay, they did. Okay, because I had heard I they had some issues that California sometimes takes a long time. Yeah, well, and I it mean, did. It, we were we were all in bed before that happened, but this morning okay. they had called it, and she, I mean she was ahead. I think last last one I heard uh, saw actually was fifty six forty three, so it was actually double digits at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she but, didn't but just New squeak Jersey, by. They didn't have to wait for the West Coast. New no, Jersey put soon. her over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she gave that speech last There's night. There's actually a lot of places voting last night. I didn't realize. Yeah, um, yeah New Jersey, New Mexico, South Both Dakota. Dakotas. Yeah, South North Dakota. Right. Um, California, of course. And she put out a video this morning, or it might have been last night. I saw it today. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, she put out a video, which was basically, you know, just the history of women um, in the United States, um, going all the way back to Seneca Falls, and then the women's liberation movement, and just showing, you know, a lot of icons on there like Shirley Chisholm and um, Gloria Steinem. And I just thought it was a really good video, and I was really happy that she showed that and. Mm-hmm. Um, that we are, like um, like you said, no matter how you feel about her, she's breaking a glass ceiling, and I'm happy about that. I'm happy, you know, um, somebody was saying, um, America has really just turned a corner. There's like, can we really go from uh, 43 white men to a black man and then a woman? And they were like, yes, yes, yes I we think can. we can. <laughs> I think that's great. Right. Yeah, it was funny. Somebody put a little emoji version of all of the presidents together yesterday <laughs> on Facebook, yeah. and it was white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, and then like black face, and then a girl face. Oh, <laughs> it like, right. it's cute. Yeah. Somebody else tweeted. <laughs> Uh, and, and I retweeted this for our account that the daughter of the first black president's first vote is going to be for a woman. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. I thought that was a really great... That, uh, that yeah. is amazing. Great way of phrasing it. Um, yeah, Hillary's speech was really terrific. Uh, it, it came after that video. Um, and, you know, I, I saw a lot of the familiar pictures, you know, mm-hmm. that we've seen many times of the suffragettes and the civil rights movement. 
Um, I did catch in there, and I don't know who it was that was speaking in the video, somebody talking about how they were transgender and, you know, the country is moving forward. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this was a very nice picture uh, of inclusion. Yes. Uh, And then she gave a terrific speech. Um, She started off um, part of her introduction um, saying that they're all standing under a glass ceiling right now. She says, Tonight's victory is not about one person. It belongs to generations of women and men who struggled and sacrificed and made this moment possible. In our country, it started right here in New York, a place called Seneca Falls in uh, 1848, Mm -hmm. where a small but determined group of women and men came together with the idea that women deserved equal rights, and they set it forth in something called the Declaration... Something called the Declaration of Scent. Sentiments. Ah, this this transcript is wrong then. Uh, and it was the first time in human history that that kind of declaration occurred. So we also owe so much to those who came before, and tonight belongs to all of you. Mm-hmm. It's a good speech. It was a really good speech. It was one of the best ones I think I've ever seen her give. I mean, yeah. her speech last Thursday on national security, and then that speech last night really does really encompass like what she is. I mean, she's a, an amazing policy person, and you saw that last week in her mm-hmm. national security speech and how well yeah. she could run that part of our government because she's been an integral part of it for so long. But last night, you really saw her heart and her passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get so frustrated when, when all the pundits are all, oh, she's too robotic, or she doesn't show emotion, or she's too practiced. And like, she's not. And last night you yeah. saw that. I mean, when you actually watch the video, like, and you start before the speech with her coming out and just hearing the roar of the crowd and like seeing her like soak it in and take it in, you really saw, you know, the person that she really is. And mm-hmm. it was a good, it was a good speech. It was a great moment. Right. Yeah. I think it hit a lot of people a lot harder than it. <laughs> there were a lot of people on my Facebook feed like, I didn't think I would cry, but I'm sobbing like a baby. <laughs> like, didn't think it would hit me emotionally that hard, but it really, you know, breaking that glass ceiling was really impressive. And it's good that we finally came around to it, you know, right. yeah. countries like Pakistan have <laughs> yeah. had women presidents and we haven't, you know. Exactly. And I think... Um, also, I've seen really many, many great things. I've seen a lot of sexist things, which is disappointing. Um, but I feel like even though we're we're going forward and moving forward, it'll be the uh, <laughs> it'll unfortunately be the same kind of thing uh, with Obama. As far as like, oh, um, racism didn't exist before Obama. It'll be like sexism didn't exist before Hillary, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we have all these sexist things. But Maybe that won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Wishful, Wishful thinking. thinking. Yeah, but anyway, be mad, misogynist. Be mad. <laughs> I mean, we Donald Trump, she's running against Donald Trump. You think there's not going to be like, <laughs> I mean, True. come on here. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I mean, she, yeah. she has critics on both sides of the aisle. Um, and, you know, to to the you know, to the conservatives who really just don't want a woman in office. Yes. Kiss my ass. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to, the, to, to our friends and colleagues uh, who haven't been in the Clinton camp before, mm-hmm. um, you know, the way I look at it is you have to hold your opponents accountable, you know, and, and it, because mm-hmm. we're a pro-choice organization, we're holding them accountable mm-hmm. on reproductive rights and abortion access. Yes. You have to hold your friends accountable mm-hmm. in the exact same way. I mean, mm-hmm. we... President Obama is a terrific pro-choice champion, but we have to hold him accountable. Exactly. You know? yeah. And there's there's room for improvement with his record. Exactly. Yeah. And we're not going to get that improvement if we just say, oh, well, he's good enough. And it's going to be the exact same way with, 
you know, Hillary, when she's in the the Oval Office, we're going to have to hold mm-hmm. her accountable. She's a pro-choice champion, mm-hmm. and we hold her accountable. Yeah. yeah. We have to, so, like I said, we have to hold all people accountable. Right. You know, m- no matter whether our friends are not so much our friends. Mm-hmm. But, right. yeah, this is what we're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a big part of the democratic process that if you neglect that, that's your fault. And it's not mm-hmm. the candidate that you elected and you thought that they were just going to, you know, turn out to be mm-hmm. some magical wizard for whatever it is yeah. that your issue yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and that's the other part of that, too, is making sure that we stay vigilant as exactly. well. Because we can't expect our champions to be our champions if we sit back and just do nothing. And let them get pummeled and all those things. You know, every time we do lobby day or whatever, like, why am I going and talking to this pro-choice guy? I know he already agrees with me. Why am I talking to him? Because they need to see us there and they need Mm -hmm. to hear that we are thankful that they are fighting these fights and the environment that they're fighting them. Right. Especially here. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, in the same way, we've got to stay vigilant and not just say, okay, we elected her. Now she just has to do good things. No, we still have to have her back. Right. And like elect down ballot people yes. to support her. We have to have a Congress and a Senate mm-hmm. to support her. She can't, you know, do everything alone like we see with yeah. our last president. You can't just, you know, <laughs> do everything alone. We have to do the down ballot races as well. Yeah. Speaking of side note, down ballot races, the first person, um, the only uh, congressperson who was endorsed by Donald Trump lost. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> wah, wah. Hopefully, it's a uh, it will be an ongoing trend mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, somebody in Iowa. One, I can't think he was a state senator, not a U.S. Oh, senator, yes. but like unendorsed, uh-huh. like pulled. Like actually, no, he said he actually pulled his party affiliation. He yes. went and switched his party affiliation from Republican to unaffiliated or independent. David something. Mm-hmm. I read that too. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, at least some of y'all have some integrity. Like, thank God. <laughs> But yeah, we'll but talk I think to the he's rest still he's still kind of living in a, a world of unreal world though because he was talking about how no he wasn't going to support Hillary, but oh, he wasn't yeah. supporting Trump. But mm-hmm. there 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 will be other options. Like he's still living in this world where Trump may not. He kept saying if he's the nominee, I'm like, dude, he's your nominee. Yes. I know you don't like it, but that's. Who you have exactly. is not going to change. Somebody might run right. third party, but he's your nominee. Sorry. Yeah. If, or if not, sorry. something happens where, you know, the RNC wraps up in Cleveland and Donald Trump is not the actual 100% official nominee. I mean, that would be... Cleveland's going to burn to the ground. There, if there's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty... I mean, it's over, though. Like you said, it's yeah, over. It's Who was that? Whoever was in charge of the Never Trump movement, <laughs> you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> because you, you did a terrible job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the Republican Party has, uh, over the past, you know, I think 72 hours kind of mm-hmm. gone through this... They <laughs> have. They really have. Like, I mean, um, with him, like, with Paul Ryan, with Mitch McConnell, like, all endorsing him, but... You know, saying that they disavow like everything he says. I'm like, <laughs> you can't, like, you cannot say. I mean, that would be like saying, oh, God, this guy, you know, he's a thief, he's a liar, but yeah, you should definitely still marry him. Like, right. he's, what? Like, they need no. to look up endorsement in the dictionary. Yes. You stand for the things that, that he, he stands for. for. You cannot say, I, I disavow this, but, but, you know, you guys should still make him your president. Yeah. Like, y'all, y'all sound crazy right now. You mm-hmm. sound like Mitch McConnell, you know, being asked, like, 
50 billion different times. Well, what is what he say racist? Is it racist? But and all he will say is I, I, I vehemently disagree, but will not say it's racist because you can't call the, you know, leader of your party racist, even though that's what it is. <laughs> but it's like, but you, everybody knows that's what it is, even mm-hmm. though you're, you don't want to say it. Like, we know what's going on. We're not stupid. And you're just sitting there looking stupid yourself, right. having to keep saying, well, I well, you know, I disagree. Well, I disagree. But is it racist, though? I couldn't disagree more. Answer the question. Yeah. Like, At least Paul Ryan did. Paul Ryan came out and said it's the definition. It's a textbook yes. definition of racism. I was like, all right. Yeah, but she's still endorsing. Yeah, them. but yeah. Hillary isn't the answer. I'm like, oh, so it's he's a complete racist, but he should still be president. Yay. Yeah, I don't know where they. I don't know where they're going with their party. Oh. I mean, <laughs> where they, are y'all going? I, I think they need to admit that these conversations should have happened about six months ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. They need to fire the head of their party. Yes. Vince Priebus has got to go because this is a disaster. Yeah. And a true chairman would have, you know, had better conversations with the candidates that were running to mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. some of them to, you know, they needed drop to out. half yeah. of them drop out mm-hmm. earlier. Exactly. They you need know. to look really closely at themselves because they're talking about how Trump doesn't want to pivot to a general election. They had 16 other people right. who they could have chosen from. Not saying that, oh, those other people are great people. <laughs> but at least right. they were not blatant racist. I mean, right. seriously. And and now it's like, okay, this is what our base wanted. So, you know, we have to go along with them, but we need to pivot. But you need to look internally inside yourselves what does it say about you and your party that that's your base mm-hmm. and that's what they wanted? Right. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. I mean, they've been cultivating that audience yes. for, you know, a couple of decades now. Yeah. And now they got somebody who is taking it and running with it very overtly. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do with this? Like, th- right. that's what you wanted. And right. that's what you got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so much criticism of the primary process and the caucuses and the superdelegates and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I agree with a good chunk of that. But the other part of me thinks, hey, all of these systems are put in place, having so many delegates and, you know, the, the power handed to the party faithful. Okay, it is, you know, kind of, is, you know, to protect the establishment, to protect the elite. Mm-hmm. It's designed so that somebody can't just walk in off the sidewalk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or, or step out of his limo driven over from Trump Tower and mm-hmm. just take over your party. You yeah. want to have some protections against outside intrusion. Exactly. By somebody who who doesn't share your values. Yeah. And the Republican Party sold that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so now they're having to face these consequences. But he yeah. does represent their values, and I think that's the big part of it exactly. all. There's a really good... I actually started reading. I haven't gotten too far into it, but um, I started reading the book Dog Whistle, Dog Whistle Politics, mm-hmm. okay. and it's all about how the Republican Party from kind of the 60s and the civil rights movement forward have, have used racial dog whistles to yes. build the white base Absolutely. becoming yeah. the you know, party of the South, South. And they didn't manage that they would soon be the minority yeah. after <laughs> They didn't take that. No, into they didn't. They didn't do the math for the <laughs> majority minority status that we currently are in some places in the yes. United States. But I think what's also really interesting when you look at it in the context, because it was written before the Trump and all that kind of stuff happened, but. Um, what was really happening is that Trump's just taking it from dog whistle politics and just speaking that crap out loud. Yes. Right. Like, he, you know, he's no longer dog whistling it to we need to, you know, make sure welfare queens aren't stealing our money, mm-hmm. which meant that we hate black people or, you know, all those yeah. other kind of dog whistle ways. And he's just saying, you know what? I don't like black people and I don't like Mexicans and I don't like women and I don't like, yeah. you know, and he's yes. just saying it out loud. He kind of 
And it's, he, it, he went from dog whistle to train whistle. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> he totally did. But they're exactly the same because you're like, it's like Newt Gingrich is trying to say what he's saying is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. But when you were running, you couldn't call, you kept calling Obama the food stand president every mm-hmm. five seconds. Yeah. And we all know what that means. Exactly. And it's like, you call him the food stand president, that most of the people on food stamps are white. Yeah, like, exactly. come on. <laughs> But you, but you put it out mm-hmm. there because you knew what people would think when you said that. But now, because like you say, he says it so overtly. Oh God, I can't be associated with that. Like that's inexcusable. Yeah, stop it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're the same. They're exactly the same. They feel exactly the same way. Their ideology is the same. And like I said, they got somebody who now is very doesn't care, very overt about it, mm-hmm. and now it's a bad thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the Republican National Convention is going to be interesting. <laughs> um, and it's going to be hilarious for us. Uh, we've got a terrific event planned uh, that we're coordinating with Lady Parts Justice, um, who is the comedy team uh, headed up by Liz Winstead, mm-hmm. uh, co-creator of The Daily Show. Um, we are working with her and her team for an event called Slurricane Trump. It's touching <laughs> down in Cleveland. Yes. Uh, this event is going to be on July 21st. Um, the uh, VIP event, you can buy tickets at comedyrnc.brownpapertickets.com uh, or look for the link in our show notes. Uh, VIP access uh, gets you in $75. Doors open at 7 o'clock, so a cocktail reception before. And then the main event happens while Trump is giving his acceptance speech that Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Um, So Liz Winstead, John... um, Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Fugelsang. John Fugelsang, Mm -hmm. who, uh, even if you don't know his name, you've seen his picture because uh, on Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter, because he's just hilarious on uh, social media, he's a serious XM radio host and a comedian. Uh, and Frank Conniff of Mystery Science Theater 3000, the three of them and some special guests throughout the night are going to be up on stage with Trump's live speech on a screen behind them. Uh, and they're going to be just ripping him apart in real time. It's mm-hmm. going to be hilarious. Um, at the uh, Bohemian National Hall in Cleveland, so we'll be just a couple miles away. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm yeah, very excited. Great. I love Liz Wednesday. She came and spoke at our national conference, and she yeah. did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fabulous. I yep. mean, I'm a I'm a geek, so I remember Mystery Science Theater 3000. So doing it <laughs> in front of Donald Trump, pulling together my like science fiction geekiness and my political geekiness all into one is going to be a pretty fabulous night. So yeah, yes, political nerds unite. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so one more time, it's comedy uh, comedyrnc.brownpapertickets.com uh, or look for the link in the show notes. Uh, get those VIP tickets to get into the uh, cocktail reception before the event. And carnival games, Trump and themed carnival games. Carnival yeah, games. It's a whole night of fun. Uh, the <coughs> night of the RNC, uh, it's guaranteed to be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yes. And after that whole week of the RNC, we're going to need to laugh. So join yes. us. Woo! Okay. Uh, so Monday, uh, Columbus City Council did something cool. You want to talk about it? Yeah, so, you know, usually when we talk about policy and legislation and stuff on the podcast, we're usually talking about sad, 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 bad things happening. Mm -hmm. But um, actually, this is a very, very good thing. Um, So last... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, um, we elected new members to city council, one of those being Council Member Elizabeth Brown. Yes. Um, 
who is the daughter of the fabulous Sherrod Brown, our U.S. senator. Mm -hmm. And so she actually um, introduced an ordinance on Monday, kind of in response to what we've seen across the country and the increased violence and those kind of things outside of abortion clinics um, that led to, several months ago, the vandalism outside of the Planned Parenthood East Clinic in Columbus. Right. So this ordinance is is a buffer zone ordinance, and everybody's ears twing like, oh, wait, aren't those unconstitutional? Well, no, actually, not all of them are. Um, so when the Supreme Court decided in the Massachusetts buffer zone case to call that one a 30-foot hard buffer zone, you can't go in there, unconstitutional, they actually in their decision referred to the New York City buffer zone ordinance as the model for what they should have done mm-hmm. to be constitutional. And I think, Gabe, you've got the actual quote. Yes, the uh, Supreme Court decision uh, in McCullen, McCullen versus Coakley said, uh, if the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is particularly concerned about harassment, it should also consider an ordinance such as the one adopted in New York City that not only prohibits obstructing access to a clinic, but also makes it a crime to, quote, follow and harass another person within 15 feet of the premises of a reproductive health care facility. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So, you know, to all of our friends in air quotes um, on the other side who've been screaming since they found out about it that this is unconstitutional and blatantly unconstitutional, you might want to read the actual decision in McCulley because I'm pretty sure when the Supreme Court says, hey, maybe you should do this, it's not by definition Mm -hmm. not unconstitutional. Is it's a good idea. Is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so it will, um, so actually, and it's any healthcare facility. It's not just reproductive healthcare facilities. But nobody screams at me outside my dentist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, but if somebody does, you can use this. Yeah, I um, went the other day. No one was there. No one was there. Nobody cared that you were getting your teeth cleaned. Nobody cared. So, um, but it will stop people from blocking or, you know, stopping from somebody from getting into the parking lot, which sometimes does happen at Founders because it's got an alley access to parking lot. Right. Um, but will also stop somebody from being able to follow, intimidate, harass, or annoy somebody within 15 feet of the premises of the abortion clinic. So, you know, if a protester still wants to stand out there with their sign and yell and scream at traffic or just kind of yell and scream in general about the world, totally still okay and totally protected by our Constitution as your right to free speech and protest. It only kicks in when they start chasing you into the abortion clinic, calling Mm -hmm. you individually or my harasser and stopping you from getting in. Um, if the woman wants to talk to the protester and allows them to, that's right. still totally okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, you know, because the way the Supreme Court was written, it stops anybody from doing those things. So even an escort would have to say, hey, can I walk you into the clinic? Yeah. Now. Which they should. Which they should, yeah. Yeah. So I have a question um, about how it's going to, I mean, I know that hasn't happened a lot here um, that I know of, but it's happened a lot in Dayton. So how will this affect if, say, they're trying to go to the actual provider's like house? It, because it's only the 15 feet outside of the clinic, it wouldn't actually impact anywhere else. So no, it it's, yeah, so it wouldn't impact a lot of the harassment that's been happening in neighborhoods. Actually, Created Equal was out in a neighborhood in Blacklick yesterday handing out stuff. Um, if you want to see something interesting, you should go to their Facebook page because they're getting yelled at by a bunch of parents because I guess they handed bloody fetus um, postcards out to seven-year-olds playing in their front yard. And wow. parents were really Cute. excited about that. Wow. So... <laughs> <laughs> They've got a new crew of interns, and they're ready to roll. Huh. And so, this is going to help their message by giving that to children who don't vote, don't know <laughs> anything about this. And it's just going to freak them g- out. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, brains. 
So, yeah, so Columbus City Council introduced the ordinance. There'll be a hearing next week. There'll be um, a vote following that. Um, if anybody's interested, if you are an escort or have been a patient or have a story that you would like to share um, uh, in testimony, you can email me. Um, actually, let's email Gabe. Communications at prochoiceohio.org. Um, and we will hook you up with all the information on the hearing and how to testify. Um but it's a really good thing. Um, we're really excited that Columbus City Council is is starting this off and, and mm-hmm. getting this rolling um, to protect our patients. It's be awesome. Yes. Yeah. So Yay. big thanks to good Councilwoman news. Elizabeth Brown and all of her colleagues uh, for you know being supportive mm-hmm. of this idea. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they are getting slammed for it now. So okay. of course. <laughs> Um, so then the next thing we have on our agenda is a case that uh, a lot of people have been talking about across the country. Um, so there was a, a you know a woman who uh, was raped in Stanford um, and wrote uh, an amazing letter yes. uh, to her victim as part of uh, her assailant, not her victim. Um, to her assailant as part of the sentencing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the letter and then the response from uh, the young man's dad and then his own letter. Mm-hmm. Everybody's writing letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Hers is the only one that makes matters. our time on our show because yeah. it's the only one that matters. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of people labeled, especially the dad's, uh, you know, reaction mm-hmm. and his series of excuses. It was so clueless. It was. And, so and clueless. yeah, they, they labeled it as like the textbook example mm-hmm. of what rape culture looks like. Yes. And you know, this 20 story, minutes of action. Yeah. Yeah. That was his phrase for, for what had happened. Yeah. It was rape. You can say the word rape. Your right. son did it. Like right. it wasn't just 20 minutes. It what he didn't, Take her to Chipotle. He raped her. Like, yeah. there's a difference between 20 minutes of action and what he actually did to her. Right. But, of course, he didn't want to say mm-hmm. what it actually is. Right. No, I, I, I totally agree, you know. And I, I think what's also interesting is I... Jamie, you heard about this from the victim's letter because you mentioned it to me, uh, I think, Monday. And I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the dad's letter that mm-hmm. started to, you know really get noticed um you know that i think that's what stirred up most of the actual attention yeah. nationwide mm-hmm. about this case was he should have just kept his mouth shut he really should have yeah, yeah he really should have well the thing is all of these so you know it's part of the court process actually and i don't know I, I find it kind of interesting i don't i didn't realize i guess that these were public or i don't know who leaked them or how they got out there but you know as part of the sentencing process there's a victim impact statement which is her letter mm-hmm. yes and then, you know, friends of the um, convicted guy can also write, like, but he's a good guy letter. And it happens all the time. I mean, it happens in murder cases. You know, our boss was talking about she's got a family, you know, history of um, violence, like, being perpetrated on her family. And she gave a victim impact statement in that case. Um, and so, you know, these are, these are, like, common things that happen in mm-hmm. court. They just usually don't get out. Yeah. and. God help. I mean, you can, you can defend somebody as like 
I grew up with him and he's a nice guy without actually being a rape apologist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but the people who wrote letters in support of him failed, failed miserably at that. Yeah. And really it's coming did. back to bite some of them in the, in the butt. One of the friends actually, a uh, high school friend. So he's, the other piece of this that's interesting that I didn't realize from the very beginning is that this dude's from da- right outside of Dayton. Yeah. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A very fancy suburb of Dayton. Yes. A very fancy suburb of Dayton. There's actually a really good, we'll put it in the show notes too. Um, somebody actually wrote a piece for the Washington post on how like that actual that the very rich suburb of Oakwood <laughs> right outside of Dayton creates people like this because they never hear the word no mm-hmm. so they don't know how to deal with the word no they've never been denied anything yeah. in their lives so we'll but put that in the show notes too in this particular case she didn't even say no because she was unconscious yeah. <laughs> right. I mean mm. she couldn't even no. you know yeah. say that Mm-hmm. And you, you thought it's okay to violate an un- unconscious person behind a dumpster. You yes. dragged her behind the dumpster. But you're you're still a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You took yeah yeah okay. So the friend who wrote the um, support letter in support of her rapist friend um, is actually also then from the Dayton area and as a part of a local band called mm-hmm. Good English, who was actually scheduled to play a couple shows in Columbus and a show in Dayton and a show in California and a bunch of different shows. And they've all been canceled at this point. The band's Facebook page is now down. The band's Twitter profile is now down. Yeah. Should have kept quiet. Uh huh. Yes. But you know, and, and in her letter it's, it, it was, you know, Again, a classic example of rape culture. I mean, she says in there that not all campus rape is because people are rapists. Um, The definition of rape is that it's perpetrated by a rapist. (laughs) She says we need to stop being politically correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. If I hear that one more time. Yeah. Talking about a a rapist from from committing rape is not being politically. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is what he did. I mean, true, it's your friend, true, it's his son, and you should, you know, love your friend and love your son. You know, please, God, I hope nobody in my family would ever do something so horrible. But I I understand that that doesn't automatically mean that you no longer, you know, love them. They're Mm -hmm. your family. But at the same time, you have to recognize you did a terrible thing and you need to pay the consequences for that. And you need to recognize that you did this terrible thing. And it's your fault, your actions alone Mm -hmm. and nobody else, not alcohol, not being on campus, not going to a bar. Nobody else, nobody made you take her back there and violate her you did that all on your own and you need to take responsibility for it and to say that you don't or how it's somehow going to you know negatively affect his life you made that decision exactly well that's the thing i've I've actually really appreciated i've seen several facebook posts and tweets from um just random guys out there who have been like you know what i've gotten really really drunk too and somehow i managed not to rape someone (laughs) like just getting drunk doesn't mean that automatically you go out and you rape someone you know it is not the alcohol you are a rapist Mm -hmm. because you went from just being drunk to raping someone so italians say alcohol brings out your true self mm -hmm. your true desires Mm -hmm. so yeah exactly so yeah, so the judge only gave him six months in a county jail where he could have gotten fourteen totally years yes. in a state prison. Yes, right. yeah. So the judge gets the walk of shame for that. Yes. The dad gets the walk of shame for his apologetic letter of how he should his life shouldn't be ruined. He doesn't for, want to eat steak anymore. Yeah, or that, his pretzels. Yes, that, that was the head scratcher tweet where someone 
observed that they took the the dad took five sentences out of his letter, which you know wasn't that long, but mm-hmm. five full sentences just to talk about food. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you're missing the, the point whole point of what happened here. Yeah. Yes. So the dad gets gets it for that one. The friend gets it for her rape apologist on how not all people who rape are rapists. <clears throat> and of course, the rapist gets the gold star walk of shame for being the the rapist. Um, and the worst gold star. The worst gold star ever. <laughs> yes. Um, the gold star and the walk of shame. Um, so, yeah, it's just... And the whole case from beginning to end is just horrific, mm-hmm. except for one thing, and the fact that he is convicted. Because so often, especially in these cases where the victim was incapacitated by exactly. drugs or alcohol, yeah. these never go to court because a prosecutor says that the case isn't strong enough or she can't identify who did it because she was unconscious. Exactly. But this case actually came to court because two graduate students happened to be bicycling by that evening mm-hmm. and saw him moving a lot, according to them, yeah. him moving a lot and her laying completely still and knowing that something was wrong. Yeah. And so they stopped and confronted. Of course, the rapist ran away. They actually chased him and tackled him and held him to the ground until the police arrived. Yes. And the other one tended to the woman who was still completely and totally unconscious. She didn't wake up until several hours later at the hospital. Exactly. Um, She graphically depicts in her letter. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Being a real, if you want to, if you want to read her letter, it's very powerful and very amazing, but just be forewarned that it is very, it's a graphic retelling of what happened to it her, is, but yeah. she does talk about the two guys in her letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the quote of it we wanted to read. Um, she says, uh, way towards the end, most importantly, thank you to the two men who saved me, who I have yet to meet. I sleep with two bicycles that I drew taped above my bed to remind myself that there are heroes in this story that we are looking at for one another. To have known all of these people, to have felt their protection and love is something I will never forget. That was yeah. really powerful. Yeah. And it really shows Carl Frederick and Peter. Mm-hmm. Oh. Two Swedish graduate mm-hmm. students. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'll remember their names, not the rapist, because yeah, uh-huh. he's a rapist. Yes. Uh, definitely, um, you know, thanks to them for being human beings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> apparently, Ashley Banfield, uh, the CNN anchor, read this letter in mm-hmm. its she entirety. Mm-hmm. It took a half hour. It's wow. 7,200 words. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's that's what they were discussing last night on NPR as I was driving home, just how sort of shocking this case is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet they were sort of asking the question of why it's, you know, getting the attention that it is because there's yeah. millions of rapes yeah. that happen then all the time. I think and, it's, you know, um, I think as good as getting the attention that it's getting because, one, you know, like a lot of times most rapists, like you said, there there is no conviction. They don't go to jail. Um, but... On the other side, the ones who are convicted and go to jail, they get a lot more time than six months. And so this six-month sentence, you know, saying that it would be too harsh on him, which he's probably only going to serve three, is... Is that's not normal. And the judge, I, I, there's actually a recall petition on mm-hmm. the judge now yeah. because people like this was just, you know, ridiculous. And also another side of it is like this whole time, they said it's been 18 months before his real mugshot got oh, released. Yeah. And this whole time, every time you see it, 
you know, you see it, you read it, it says Stanford athlete, Stanford swimmer, mm -hmm. you know, convicted of uh, sexually assaulting unconscious woman. Mm -hmm. and, this, and, and that's the victim. Uh, that's her, all her identity is, is unconscious woman. And he gets to be Stanford athlete, Stanford swimmer, and show all these pictures of him, you know, looking all nice and clean cut. And it's like, no. That's not what you show. That's not what we usually show when, you know, we're talking about rape. And it's like they use the word sexually assault. He was, you know, it was rape. Mm -hmm. And it's just a very like, I, again, I'm glad that it's getting attention because I just think that it wakes a lot of people up to, you know, what happens and what's going on. I'm glad that there's a lot of people, you know, angry about it. On the other side of this story, I saw another story about, I'm not going to remember his name now, um, another guy who was, I believe he was, was 16 when it happened, mm, yeah. um, a black man who was a football player, he's 16, and he was convicted of a rape, which the victim later recanted, it was not true, and he served six years. Yeah, wrongfully convicted, convicted. served six years before yeah. he was let out. And nobody looked at him as a 16-year-old and thought it would be, you know, detrimental to him to spend six years in jail. And he was charged as an adult, as yes. a 16-year-old, and put into an adult prison as yes. a 16-year-old. And this oh. guy is over 20 and is going to go to county. Yeah. Yeah. So... And I don't know why, why, why that difference that, might why be. Why that happened? <laughs> that sixteen-year-old black football player versus the twenty-year-old white Stanford swimmer. Yes, yeah, uh -huh. exactly. Draw your own conclusions. Yeah, come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I'm I'm glad you know the um, the girl. I still don't think they said her name. I guess maybe they're trying to. Yeah, get you private. don't you don't sell your rep. Yeah, rep so but I'm glad you know her story has gone viral and, and her statement was read. I think everyone should read it because I read it. It was long, but it was very powerful. Um, and just like, so, you know, again, and I'm glad other men are seeing it and know, like, again, alcohol, being on college, partying, that's not what causes you to violate someone. No. You you know, that was in, in, in you and you took the opportunity and thank God someone caught you or else otherwise we mm -hmm. would know nothing about it. On that cheery note. <laughs> on that cheery note. Yeah. You wanna, exactly. You wanna finish now we're gonna go to let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, a good transition there. We need to work right? on that one. So we are a, a consensual let's get it on. <laughs> yes. Um so Dayton Pride went very well. Thank you to the volunteers that came out. Uh, we got we did get rained out, but it was still a good day. Um, and again, thanks to the volunteers that came. So um, nothing going on this weekend. Next weekend, which is the third weekend, is going to be Columbus Pride. That's the 17th and 18th. I believe I got the dates right. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be out there Friday and Saturday, 17th and 18th. And then the last weekend, again, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll be out here um, in Columbus at Compass. And that Saturday, the 25th, we'll be in Cincinnati for Cincinnati Pride. Um, I don't think there's any going on yet in Cleveland or up north yet. No, but there are a couple of festivals and things Andy's been going to. So if you want more information on that, just email yeah. the volunteer at, at prochoiceohio.org if you're up north and you can help out Annie go to some of the festivals. And also, um, if you're down here, we definitely still need people to come to Columbus Pride, Confest, and um, Cincinnati Pride. So if you haven't signed up yet, again, you can email me at volunteerprochoiceohio.org. And it's a good time. Um, hopefully it'll be nice days. It won't rain. And it'll be good music, good food, good people. So definitely come out. 
We'll have a good time. And one more time, too, if you want to testify in favor of something for once, um, Columbus City Council hearing on the buffer zone next Tuesday, the 14th, you can email us at communications at prochoiceohio.org to get more information on that. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.